to a Hope 103.2 podcast. We've been exploring the privilege and duty Christians have to speak up for their faith in daily conversation. We've seen that this is a task for every believer, not just for pastors or evangelists. We've also seen that speaking for Christ flows naturally from our loyalty to him. If we know who really is in charge of the universe, we will feel free to talk about him whenever the opportunity allows. And last time, we saw that how we speak about Christ is as important as what exactly we say about him. The final thing I want to say about answering for our faith is that we are to live lives worth questioning in the first place. Perhaps this goes without saying, especially since we explored this theme at length earlier in this series on promoting the gospel. Even still, I think it's worth noting that the two passages we've been exploring over these last few reflections have heaps to say about the kind of life we're meant to be living. In fact, both encouragements to speak about Christ in daily conversation appear in the context of instructions about living the godly life. In Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6, Paul prefaces his call for gracious answers with an exhortation to be wise in our conduct toward those who don't believe. So we read in verse 5, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And then he says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, and so on. Throughout the Bible, wisdom is not so much a mental quality like intelligence or cleverness. It's actually an ethical outlook. Wisdom is knowledge of God's path of righteousness. When Paul urges the Colossians to conduct their lives before outsiders wisely, or literally, in wisdom, he doesn't mean they're to be shrewd in their dealings with unbelievers. He means that they should act in a godly fashion, after the wisdom of Christ. Paul then adds the excellent words, Make the most of every opportunity. This expression is literally buy up the occasion. It's an expression from the marketplace, and it basically means seize everything. In context, Paul means we're to seize every opportunity to walk in wisdom. That is to do good toward outsiders. And it's out of this call to enthusiastic godliness that the exhortation to speak up for Christ comes. Godly behavior, in other words, is the context of our speaking for Jesus. The same point is particularly clear in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Notice in this passage that the call to defend the faith in verse 15 comes hot on the heels of a discussion about doing good. More than that, verse 16 makes clear that it's precisely the believer's good behaviour that provokes the slander that requires the gentle response. The logic is pretty clear. Devotion to doing good is the context out of which we are to speak. 
What exactly is the good behaviour believers are to practice and out of which they are to speak? Well, Peter describes it beautifully at the beginning of this part of uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. So in verse 8 we read, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. The life out of which we are to speak is not simply a moralistic life. It's a life of humility, compassion, non-retaliation and so on. In other words, it's the life of love. Christians may not stand out in this world simply by being nice and ethical. Plenty of people in the world are merely ethical. But Christians will stand out if they live the life described here, the life epitomized by Jesus himself. The point is simple. We are to live lives worth questioning and then offer answers worth hearing. Steve is a plumber in Queensland and for most of his life he was a typical Australian sceptic when it came to things religious. He was not an atheist but he never attended church and his contact with Christians over the years had left him with the impression that many of them were hypocrites. Steve did have time for one Christian, though, his cycling buddy. And each Saturday morning, both of these guys in their 40s would hit the road for an hour or so, keeping the heart rate up and striking up the occasional conversation. One day, riding along, Steve began to pontificate about all the hypocrites who go to church. Some of those churches, he said, are real ratbags. His friend just listened. They go to church on Sunday, Steve continued, and then live pretty ordinary lives the rest of the week. At that point, Steve's mate responded in a manner considered gentle and respectful only amongst Australian males. He said, come on, mate, don't worry about all those people. God will look after them. You worry about yourself and God. That's the important thing. And the two men rode on in silence. These words powerfully affected Steve. For the rest of the day, he pondered what a hypocrite he had been to criticise Christians when he was doing nothing himself to honour the Almighty. You worry about yourself and God. These words went around and around in his head. By evening, Steve was convinced that he was the one with a spiritual problem. He got alone and uttered a prayer, an apology to the God he'd been ignoring all his life. And the next day, Steve took himself to church, along with all the other hypocrites, and to the surprise of everyone, including himself, he devoted his life to Christ. The next time Steve went riding, he told his cycling buddy that he'd become a Christian. And he also told him how those few words the week before had powerfully affected him. To Steve's amazement and amusement, his friend had no recollection of what he had said. It was delightfully apparent to them both, and when I met them, they were joking about it, that even the simplest comment about the faith can, in the hands of God, open a person's eyes to the truth of Christ. Never underestimate the small or large things you do and say in promoting the gospel to those around you. It's God who is the evangelist. It's his work. We're just called upon to be faithful each moment of every day. We aren't all evangelists, but we are all given the privilege 
through our prayers, our finances, our lives of love, our church services, and our daily conversations to promote the gospel to the world around us. Hope 103.2. Thanks for listening.